Hello, and welcome to the Simple Classroom Podcast. I am your host, Stephanie Sutherland, and I am so glad that you are here. Today, we are talking about maintaining the classroom community in our rooms, even as we all get spring fever. So I have a crew this year that really does try to get along, and they truly try to take care of each other. But even the best of classes where everyone's default is kind. I don't have any big tattletales. I don't have a lot of nitpicky students that get really sensitive or bothered by each other over little things. But even those students are starting to get really bothered by each other on occasion. Like they're starting to act more like brother and sister where they're having little fights over things that they would have just let roll off their backs back in September. Now they're starting to be bothered by stuff. And I think this happens in all elementary classrooms at some point. Sometimes you have a group that they start doing this at the beginning of the year and you just have to navigate it all year long. Sometimes you have a group that gets along really well, they feel like a little family, and then at the end of the year they really feel like a little family because they're fighting like brother and sister. So today I have three things that I have implemented in my classroom recently to try to help the students reconnect with each other, reignite that feeling of community and kindness even in the midst of all of us feeling a little too comfortable and maybe a little exhausted by each other. Because in my school district, we still have six weeks to go. So in those next six weeks, we need to not be fighting around every corner. So I'm going to share three things that I have tried that have made a little bit of a difference in my room in the past few weeks. And let's get started. All right, so classroom community. One thing that is a school-wide initiative where I work is a daily circle time. But this circle time is really more of a making connections time. It's not what I think of with circle time. I think about preschool or kindergarten. And they come and they sit around the circle and they talk about the date on the calendar. And they talk about the weather. And they sing a good morning song. This is not what the circle time is. My school district is calling it circle time. But it's really more of a let's take a five to 10 minute break in the middle of the school day to just all come sit in a circle together and just chat. Um, And these discussions are guided. They're almost like restorative circles, if you're familiar with that. But the discussions are guided by a single question. And the questions range from emotional and serious to just silly. It just depends on the day. So something that I worked in to help the kids feel a little bit more connected, because I mean, a lot of the times with second graders, they come and they sit in these circles and you say, okay, today we're going to talk about something that made you feel proud about yourself. And they're all so busy thinking about their answer to the question that they're not listening to anybody else's. And I have tried so hard to really teach appropriate speaking and listening behavior. Like, Think of your answer. We'll take a second where we can think about a time they felt proud of themselves and then put your answer to the side of your brain so that your brain can listen as other people are talking. Like decide on your answer 
and then put it to the side. You won't forget about it, but you don't need to sit there with your hand raised, looking at me that you want to share next. You're going to keep your hand down. You're going to focus on the person who's speaking. We're going to go around in a circle so everyone gets a turn. Don't need to raise your hand. You don't need to say, oh, I've got one. I've got one. So I've tried to work on that, but it's not innate for seven and eight-year-olds to do that. They really, really are focused on their answer, and it's hard for them to listen for that long. Something that has helped, that has helped them really listen to each other and focus in is once a week, we do a student-led question. I let them all brainstorm questions that they would like to know about each other. What are you curious about, about the people in your class? And they range from everything from... um what are ways to make new friends? Like what would help me make new friends with you guys to what's your favorite video game to what's your favorite ice cream flavor to what's a time you felt really sad because I feel sad because my dog is sick. Like they want to talk about things that are weighing on their minds and they want to learn about each other. And if they have these things in common with the people in their class. So the student-led questions have been great. They, throughout the week, will all, every once in a while go, I just had something happen to me and I'm curious if anybody else has had it happen to them. And can I write down the question on a sticky note and put it in the basket and we can do it during circle time one day. And I love that they are thinking about things that are happening to them and if they have connections with their peers. I love that they want to learn more about each other. I am screening these questions. I would recommend doing that. Not just for like silly, squirrely things that, you know, you always have those kids that are like, I'm going to ask people if they've ever pooped before. And then, they, you know, they hope that I'll pull out the question and read it and not read it beforehand. Um, so I'm screening them for that reason. But I'm also screening them because sometimes kids get really personal and there might be something that in the moment they want to share it and then maybe later they don't. Or maybe it's something that really would be a better conversation with a guidance counselor and with peers that we know for sure have gone through that thing. I have some kids in my class going through some really tough stuff in their personal lives. So I do screen them just to make sure that we are talking about age-appropriate topics, about classroom-appropriate topics, all of that. Um, But so far, it has been a really sweet way to get them thinking about things that they want to know about each other and kind of maintains that bond and that community a little bit more. Idea number two is I wrote specific notes to each kid. This is something I do every year. I did it earlier this year than I ever have before. I think because I was kind of anxious to do it. I always kind of save this activity for the last couple of weeks of school. But I did this before spring break um, to just give us a really feel-good thing to go out on. And then when we came back, we I was able to be like, okay, we got nine weeks left and we are a classroom family in here and we need to work hard. Like I was trying to get that buy-in from them to work hard for me (laughs) for the last nine weeks. So I did it before spring break. But what I do is I do these student-specific compliments and I take a little index card and I just write a short, sweet note about specifically what I admire about each student. And I choose a couple a day um, so in my, in, in my case, I was trying to make it fit into a single week. So I did four to five kids a day at random times throughout the day. They never know when I'm going to be like compliment time and they all go compliment time. And then I pull an index card out that I had written, but I was making a point before school or during my planning time to write four or five a day on an index card, a note to one student 
and specifically list out the things that they do in our class that makes our classroom better, that I really admire about them. So you are truly a friend, everybody. You include everyone or you bring a really calm presence to our classroom when other kids are getting hyper and excited. You stay calm or you are a great leader. You're always looking at ways to help people and to help our classroom run more smoothly or you take really good care of our stuff. I always notice you cleaning things up off the floor or making sure that markers have caps on them. Like each kid has something they're doing that contributes to the classroom. Some kids you have to look a little bit harder because you see a lot of ways that they're disrupting the classroom. But for the most part, I would say that we are all blessed enough to have students in our room that are making a difference in our classroom every day. And if you don't point it out, they don't know they're doing it. It's not reinforced. So I made a point to do this before spring break. I did a few kids a day and it would be a surprise when I would do it and who the compliment would be for. But they all were just anxiously like sitting there every time I would go compliment time. They would all like sit really, really quiet zone zero looking at me like, is it going to be me? Is it going to be me? And then we would do a drum roll on the desk. And then I would say who the card was for and I would say the things that I admired about them and then give that student the note card with that written out note. Um, It didn't embarrass any of my students. I mean, you know your students best. So if something like that that puts them on the spot that compliments them is going to make them feel embarrassed, then proceed with caution. But for this crew that I had have this year, they were really into it. They clapped after each person got a card. And we left for spring break with everybody feeling super loved on, um, feeling seen and recognized for the good things that they bring to our classroom community. So when we came back after spring break, it felt like we had this fresh, <clears throat> this fresh start as a community. Excuse me. Um, and I got very nice emails from parents about, you know, she brought home this card and was beaming and she asked if she could keep it in her memory box to have it forever. Like it means something to them, not to every kid. There were some kids where I found their cards on the floor or I saw that they'd recycled them or they're still in their backpacks now. Like not every kid is going to be super moved by it, but if you can catch most of them, it really does make a difference in just the attitudes your students hold towards you and how hard they're willing to work. When you, when you tell them like, this is important, we need to work or we need to resolve this conflict because we got to keep going or whatever you need them to do. And then finally, the thing I'm working on right now is whole class incentives. So the whole class incentive that I'm doing right now, because all year so far up until this quarter, I have done table points. So the kids compete table to table to earn table points and the table with the most points at the end of the week gets some sort of easy, no cost to me prize. Like they can get a homework pass. They can um, eat lunch in the classroom they can swap out one center rotation for extra technology time in the following week. They can get something free off of our um, PBIS menu, like write with a pen or do your classwork with markers. Like they get to pick their prizes. All prizes that don't require that I go to the store or organize anything, <laughs> like all easy prizes for me. Um, but The table points was not working as well as I wanted it to as far as just incentivizing the kids to stop chatting or stop bickering or whatever. And so I decided to make it a whole class effort. So it relies on everybody in the room at the same time because it got to the point where the same tables were winning every single time because you had kids who just cared more than others. So I made it a whole class thing. And what I am doing is I'm picking a reward ahead of time, like lunch outside or extra recess or um, pajama day or something like that. And I am scrambling up the letters 
on a note card for myself that the kids can't see. I'm writing the letters out, counting how many letters it's going to be, and then like scrambling them up. I am writing a letter on the board if the class is doing really, really well. I am writing one letter on the board at a time out of order. So like, let's say it's pajama day. Maybe I would start with a Y. First letter they get is a Y. Second letter they get is an A. Third letter they get is a P. And at this point, the kids are all like, yeah, but what is yap? Like they don't know because they're little. And so it's still like the mystery is there. I keep releasing the letters one at a time out of order until they have earned all of the letters. When they've earned all the letters, I tell them, you guys just learned all the letters for this prize. Now you have to unscramble it. So then they worked in table groups to write all the letters on a whiteboard and try to scramble it, unscramble it to figure out what the prize was. If they're having a hard time, I will tell them, okay, this prize has two words. And then they'll be like, okay, okay, okay. So then they try to figure out what the two words are. If they're still having a hard time, I'll tell them the first word starts with a P. And then at that point, a bunch of kids will get it. So the one that they just earned on Friday was lunch in the classroom. I did it lunch in class because this is a prize that is highly coveted by my students, but I make it very, very hard to earn because I just really need that lunchtime. So I give it out very sparingly, but I did it for this one. It took them two weeks to earn all those letters. But every time they wanted a letter, they would be like, guys, be quiet and listen because we want to earn a letter. And then the kids that were still chatting would stop because they'd be like, oh, okay, my peers want me to stop. And so they finally, after two weeks, earned all the letters for lunch in class. It was all scrambled up. And then I told them, you guys can work together to try to figure it out. They did need the hint of this word has three or this prize has three words. And then a lot of groups got it. One table group needed me to tell them that the first word started with an L before they got it. But they finally figured it out. Once they unscramble it and they figure it out, then they've officially earned it. So then we did it that afternoon, lunch in class. So... That has been a great way to kind of get the kids all working together as a singular team. I still do individual incentives, like we do PBIS, so the kids are still getting their little points to buy stuff throughout the week. I think that multiple levels of behavior incentives is important, especially at this time of the year. Like you want individual things, you want whole group things for your classroom, you want school-wide things for the students to work on as a class to earn or as a grade level to earn. Like all of the different levels of teamwork, but also individual responsibility that you can work in really helps keep the students on track. So Those are my three ideas for you on ways to maintain and boost your classroom community, even as we all get spring fever and we're all a little angsty and we're all a little tired of sitting at desks and we're all a little tired of listening and maybe a little tired of the kid who's sitting next to us bothering us. These are ways to kind of keep your classroom on track during this beautiful weather time where everyone would rather be outside. I hope that you all have a great week teaching your students, and I will talk to you next time.